This is Back to Devi, a show brought to you by Canvas to Can. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fantasy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. And today we're just going to go over some bowl game reactions. But first, Corey with the news. First, we'll start with some injuries here that uh, happened over the bowl game week this past week. Uh, only two here to talk about, or at least two that matter. Um, starting with Clemson running back Will Shipley. He suffered a knee injury that looked like it might have been ACL. That was the fear anyways, but it is being reported that there's no structural damage. So that's good news for him. Still not sure what his draft intentions are. And then over to Washington, running back Dylan Johnson suffered a lower leg injury that looked pretty bad, but he's been banged up all year dealing with stuff, and he still apparently has a chance to play in the national championship. So showing some really strong mental toughness there and some physical toughness too, so i like to see that from him. Um, heading over to the NFL draft, uh, going to start off with some declarations here. This was kind of surprising because we even talked about uh, how we thought this split was going to be even again going into next year, but UCLA running back Carson Steele ends up declaring for the draft, leaving TJ Harden as possibly the guy to lead UCLA backfield next year, although I'm sure they'll bring someone in and crush your dreams again. And then we're heading over to Washington State, where transfer quarterback Cameron Ward had a lot of options over to him. He is apparently going to declare for the NFL draft now. This one was a weird one. Yeah, like, I thought one more year would have done him pretty good. Like, he improved on some things this year, but there's still a lot to his game that I thought he needed to improve on. Like, was he hearing good things to go to the NFL draft? Like, I saw he accepted the East West Shrine game as well. So that's not like super voting well. Like, like it's not like a senior bowl invite. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really weird to me. I thought Ohio State could have been massive for his stock going over there. They didn't have a quarterback really stand out this past weekend. What did you think about Cameron Ward deciding to declare for the draft? Yeah, dude, it was weird for me, too. And I'm, like, wondering for both these guys, Carson Steele and Cam Ward, it's just a business financial decision. You know, Cam Ward got all the NIL offers on the table, and he's like, well, I did the math, and I can make more as a sixth-round, fifth-round, wherever you have him. I have him as, like, a (laughs) fourth-fifth-rounder. But, like, as a a day-three pick that he does, like, going back to college. So maybe it was a business decision. Um, But, yeah, that was pretty weird, both of them, for both yeah, I think Ward is going to be extremely lucky to be selected above day three, at least. Like, I, I think there's a lot of good things there. We talk about him a lot. And and the whole thing about having him even ranked highly in our rankings is because we assume there was going to be one more year of development there. And with the development that we saw in year two in, in the Power 5 level, hopefully there was going to be that development again in year three in the Power 5 level. But, like, I don't know. It's definitely a weird one. Um, heading over to Sorry, it was inconsistent. Yeah. And, like, we loved the non-con games when he was, like, the offensive line was holding yes. up. And he yeah. was kind of cooking when he was kept safe. So I wonder if it's going to be one of those guys where they're like, oh, well, he'll play well behind a good offensive line. And then we just hope he goes to a good offensive line. Yeah, he just um, holds on to the ball way too long, which is a death sentence in the NFL. It's just not going to, he's not going to be able to do the things that he does at Washington State in the NFL. Uh, heading over to a couple more names that declared, kind of expected uh, what Georgia wide receiver Lad McConkey. Uh, obviously he's going to the draft and he accepted a senior bowl invite. So you'll get to see him over there, get a, get a firsthand look at him. And then a little bit of a surprising one, his teammate, wide receiver Marcus Rosem, Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint. Uh, he is also going to the senior bowl too, which is also surprising. I mean, a guy that I know me and Austin liked a little bit as a recruit, but not a ton of production to his name. Kind of a weird one here. Um, and then we also got Cody Schrader, Missouri running back after his nice season. He's also got the senior bowl invite. And he's declared. He's a guy that we might talk a little bit more about uh, going into the Missouri bowl game here. Um, and then we also have Miami wide receiver, Xavier Strepo. He's returning. And this one just came out as well. Tennessee wide receiver, Brew McCoy returning, which is good news for that group, I think, because I don't know if they really had a true outside guy. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Tennessee still has a true outside guy. So cares about Brew. 
Heading over to the transfer portal, we've got destinations for a few Debbie-related guys here. Uh, KJ Jefferson heading over to UCF. I, I was kind of surprised that some people are talking like he moved down. Like, Arkansas is not a good program right now, okay? Like, I almost think this is like the move for the good because I think the production is going to be better here. He, they're in the Big 12 now. Like, I think th- um, this could almost be better for him in the long run, but still, we're probably looking at a day three pick if he's lucky. But I think this is going to be good for a CFF uh, outlook anyways. I think this is going to be a lot better for a CFF outlook um, heading over to Florida state where they locked up a uh, transfer quarterback DJ U not even gonna try to say his last name, but um, <laughs> he did show some improvements this year. Um, but that Florida state core is also going to be seeing a massive overhaul at wide receiver. They're going to be losing guys like Trey Benson as well. Some big pieces on defense, kind of a weird situation he's walking into. It's not like a situation that's been there with a lot of veterans and stuff like that. So it's going to be an interesting situation for him. And then, your boy, Jeremiah Hunter, going over to Washington, the one place we wanted every wide receiver to go. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. He definitely has that X type of skill set. He's probably a little bit closer to, to Jalen Polk than he is Odunze in terms of like one-for-one one replacement here. But how are you feeling about this one? I'm sure you're loving it. I'm feeling great, dude. I really am. Obviously, we're all assuming that the, the trio is kind of going away. I've, I've heard people debate some of that. But for the most part, as of today, like they're going to clear the house. It's going to be Will Rogers throwing. Not too pumped about that, but we've seen him hmm. run off. And so, you know, I, I don't think he'll be all right. And then there's just there's just a giant vacuum of targets there. I love this move. This is a great NFL draft move. Like, I think, like, he'll, uh, I'll probably still have him down as like a late day two or late day three guy going to next season. But certainly a guy that's made the move to get people to watch him more. Like, he's on the radar. He's got the spotlight on him now. Yeah, it's a, it's a good move for him. I don't love Will Rogers as the quarterback there. Like, I'm as if that's going to be their choice to, to fill in. I mean, I don't know if maybe Morris can push still. I don't know if one of these freshmen can push, like Austin Mack being in a, a year in the system there. Let, let's just see what happens. I'm not ready to lock in Rodgers as a starter, but obviously I think that's how it looks for right now. I just I don't, I don't know if I want him to be the starter, I guess is a better way of putting it. Um, let's head over to some of the guys who are entering the portal. Um, we've got Caden Salter, G5 quarterback over at Liberty, kind of had a uh, up and down bowl game, a little bit outmatched against Oregon, but he's a G5 guy kind of been watching, you know, started at Tennessee, had all the problems. We'll see if he can find a nice place for himself. Um, Toledo running back Penny Boone. He is the number one ranked running back in the portal right now on 247, which is pretty crazy to me. I, I didn't realize that they were that high on him. I know that he had some love as recruit when he went to Maryland and everything like that, but he's I'm surprised at the love for him. He's visiting Louisville this weekend. Um, also has um, Florida State on the docket and Miami on the docket as well. So we'll see where he ends up. I'm hoping it's Louisville because they're losing those two guys in Jawar Jordan and, and Garendo or whatever that's leaving as well. So he can replace some of that some of that heavy, heavy workload there. And, and a guy that we really liked uh, last year that, that really grew on us, that kind of let us down this year, uh, Utah running back uh, slash old quarterback from Texas, Jaquindon Jackson has entered the portal as well. Um, anybody here that you're kind of excited to see where they land? Uh, you know, no, not really. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, Jackson was like, we were excited about him because he finished off the year being looking really athletic, but like mm-hmm. raw, um, which is like a fine combination. But at his like, you know, fourth or fifth year, whatever he was at going into the season, it's like, I need you to take a really fast step up. Like it's because you're kind of losing out on age and he just didn't look good. And we kind of knew from like week one, the way they rotated them in, I was like, he's not getting yeah. workload. And then uh, Salter, dude, like, I don't, I don't think he's that much better than like Hiram Drones. I certainly like, I don't know. I, th- I view him as like Robbie Ashford esque. Like, so I don't, yeah, I think he's fine going to like a low level power five program. Like he can be fine there, but I don't, 
people are like saying Auburn, like no, like there's he can't compete against SEC. Like there's no. Well, way. I think that's that's the 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 link with Hugh Freeze there, right? That hopefully they, he kind of returned. With yeah, the yeah. There, but I guess I would, that's kind of the thing. But yeah, I don't know. You know, Sizely something to be desired. He's got some moxie to him that I kind of like. Um, but you know, he, he kind of excels in like that triple read offense that they kind of been running over there. That you know, so that's I think that's kind of like where he belongs in that kind of that kind of offense right now. Um, but what you couldn't uh, go ahead. So I would be interested if he sticks around like the ACC or yeah. one of the Power Five conferences that, or excuse me, Power Four that has like a weaker defense. I think AC, that's probably just the ACC at this point. Yeah, I do think that like I don't mind our process with Jaquin and Jackson. I think maybe we went a little bit overboard, and that's a learning experience for us to maybe not go so overboard with somebody with such class. a small sample size. I it was, it was, it's fine, but we had them pretty high in our rankings at one point, anyways. But um, I don't, I don't hate the process. You know, you see some flash, you want to get in there early, and you want to start pumping a guy. That's how you kind of get in on guys a little bit early. If he did blow up this year, we'd look like geniuses. Unfortunately, it went the other way. So that it, it happens sometimes. So that's, there's not much you can do there. And we still got Devin Neal. Yeah, we still have Devin Neal, and he's returning, so that'll be an interesting one. Um, Anyways, guys, be sure to head over to the website at campusdecanton.com where you can become a member with one of our many subscription options, some of which include access to our draft guides that are going to be coming out this offseason. Going to be starting writing the Debbie Guide one right away, just figuring out our list of names here, Uh, CFF projections, uh, advanced metric tools that you guys see all over Twitter, Um, the brand-new C2C winning edge. I think it's going to keep you updated on all the school depth charts throughout the offseason, the statistical projections, the returning production that's coming up, and it's probably the best source for the transfer portal out there so make sure you guys are checking out our family of podcasts and the youtube channel to help guide you guys through the offseason so we all know that <clears throat> we all know that tv kind of sucks lately just not a lot of good shows out there marvel's pretty pretty mediocre anyway the list goes on a lot of mediocre tv out there the bowl games are bringing back ads i'm telling you what dude the the uh the to- like I forgot what they're called. I'm still on the toaster strudel. The Pop Tart. <laughs> Pop Tart guy, killing it. Memes all over the internet. Mm-hmm. Before that, who was it before that? There was another one too that was killing it for memes. Uh, I'm not even sure. Oh, it's escaping me. All right. Anyway, memes are back. Memes are back. Memes are back in the advertising world. And it, it's going to be great. I love Fansville. I'm going to miss them once the football season. I really am going to miss them once football season gone. Like they, Whoever writes the stuff for Fanville, like that's a real football mm-hmm. family. He knows. Like That guy knows what's going on in the football world. Home Field Apparel, they reached out on the internet. They said they need to get commercials out there. They, they did tweet that out. And I put my hat in the ring. Of, I'm making a personal announcement. <laughs> I tweeted at him and I said, I would like to elect myself as a creative designer and a professional idea man for you guys. Because I've been kind of crushing these Home Field ads. All right. But anyway, Home Field Apparel, <laughs> 15% off for your first purchase of a shirt with them with the promo code CAMPUS, the number two in Canton, for your first Home field approach. Now, home field pro guys, it's this is a football podcast, so you can you can kind of add this up. It's gonna be your athletic gear, all right? Athletic gear from any type of sports, not just football, it's a football podcast, but you can also buy like field hockey stuff or whatever sport you guys fancy, cricket. They have that stuff for your favorite universities. Home field apparel, check it out. Promo code campus number two in Canton, 15% off. Home field, please sign me. Please. <laughs> how did your uh, how did your matchup go in the program this week terrible you terrible. crushed a eh? crushed like a grape yeah i mean 180 points wasn't enough you had to hit like two 230 or 220 i think uh, so, I, mean, I can't i guess can't use that promo code then i guess i'll just have to get myself something instead <laughs> i went one for three in my and on uh, my championships across the league <laughs> Jaden Reed yeah. put the nail in my coffin for one league that was so soul crushing 
Um, and then I had a team that was like the sixth seed. Like how you, like there's that team that has no business being in the championship. When yeah, you look at the yeah, roster. Yeah. I had one of those. So that was I was pretty proud of them to get that far. So yeah, still made some money off a team that did not have high expectations by midseason. Yeah, I mean, I have quite a bit of leagues, but I did go. I went four for six in championships this this weekend, so I'm pretty happy with with that. But uh, I, oh, wow. coming into the semis, I had a lot more chances, and I had a I got Amari Cooper in a bunch of semi leagues, so that was that was a tough one. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna orphan all your leagues that you didn't make the championship. In. <laughs> that's the is that how we do it now? I think that's, that's how, how I guess that's yeah. Twitter yeah. that's how you do it on Twitter. Thing. Yeah, just, okay. Then I then I can say I went four for four or four for six or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dude. I actually am gonna orphan some leagues just real life catching out to me and um i feel kind of bad about it my free leagues are going at this point i have no time for free leagues i just i usually i usually offer to pay the first year or if it has really good nice draft capital if it has a good setup i'm not gonna pay your fees you'll be all right but like but yeah that's how i usually do it i do feel bad about it don't want to give dynasty a bad name like that but yeah gotta do what you gotta do real life hits you fast yeah it you know the issue too is like you know, people give like advice on this, like people fancy like ourselves. We don't really do a lot of strategy stuff, but there's strategy podcasts out there. And they'll be like, you got to know your league. You got to know your league rules. And here I am, Mike Valerie, co-host here. And I'm like, yeah, did you know that we do like kick return points in the league of record? Because I, <laughs> like, I, it's like obvious advice, yeah. but if people like me didn't know that I had a league that I didn't know was like rolling waivers. And I've been in it for like two years now. Oh, yeah. I had no idea until about mid season. Dude, I dropped. 80% of my fab on Pofili Ashlock, like after week one. I, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. And then he like faded pretty hard down the stretch, too. It wasn't even like. Yeah. And then it's like mid season. I'm seeing the same three managers with like 80 fucking picks going through. And I'm like, what's going on, guys? Are we cheating or what? And they're like, it's, it's open waivers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's pretty. Bad. Yeah. When I start looking through my lineups and I'm seeing that I'm leaving injured guys in. And like, I'm like, God, damn. like, you know, like uh, I left like Keenan Allen in a couple of weeks ago. I left like, and it's like, okay, it's time that I think I need to cut down a little bit. Cause I, yeah. when I'm missing that, I feel stupid. Like then I'm not even, I'm, I'm, then I'm not even a good manager anymore. Like, right. It's go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm cutting it down too, just to leagues I care about. Yeah. Friends, you know, Yeah. Um, let's go on the bowl games. Right, first off, I got to go on another rant here. Sorry, before we get the bowl games here, bowl game season, guys, when you think about bowl games, do not take too much of what we say with like, it's gotta be with a grain of salt. There's opt-outs. There's 2,000 players already in the portal. The NFL guys have already opted out. Like, it's it's a, like the studs you're watching are like these sophomore studs. But, like, besides that, you're looking at the third and fourth, like, stringers. Like, they're playing for their roster spot next year. They're playing for some recognition. Like, this this game means a lot to them, really just for their depth chart. That's That's really it. So there are a few breakouts, but they might amount to nothing. Like, Lorenzo Styles was awesome in this bowl game. He's a cornerback now for a whole different school. <laughs> like it's, but there are some ability to break out. Marvin Harrison Jr. was a bowl game breakout, so it's it's definitely like take your shot, but like don't don't be going in the mind. Like you're gonna lose, you're gonna lose a few of your shots. Like you're gonna lose a few. So yeah, it's almost just, just more about just seeing which guys are probably in contention for like a good a starting spot next year. You know, guys who show out a little bit. You know, in rooms that are kind of like dissipating this this off season. Some of these guys, at least in these bowl games, are making their bid for a, a stronger role going into next year. You know, probably not locked into anything. We're not saying these guys are going to be wide receiver one or RB one going into next year, but they're at least going to be in the conversation. I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's they need to find a way to incentivize players to not opt out and actually play them. But that's not really, yeah. that's not what we're here for. It's not our podcast either. Well, that's somebody else's 12 team, 12 team playoff will be, it will be a lot better. Yeah. That'll be fun. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. What a good, 
playoff series too. We'll talk about that. Anyway, let's start off with the first one here. Louisville versus USC. We kind of mentioned it last week a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just want to mention one guy. Miller Moss played really well. A 300 for six touchdowns there. Uh, we called him out last week, so I was pretty pumped about that. I do think that Miller Moss's like performance was a little bit like inflated compared to what the community was saying once it was done. Um, yeah. But he, he certainly made his name heard. Like he certainly is, I think, in the running to be the starter for USC next year. And I believe uh, Coach Riley there also made that same comment. He said, oh, we might have our starter right here. So uh, Miller Moss is a guy to definitely draft because I think he's a power five starter for sure, which makes him potentially a Debbie asset. Uh, but he looked capable out there. Capable. Yeah, and we haven't even seen a Will Howard commitment yet. So maybe Miller Moss even just scared him off even more. Because now it looks like he's between a couple other teams, like like Ohio State is an option or something like that. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a couple other options for him. So Miller Moss might have might have done a little bit here. I saw some pretty bad takes out there though. Like they were like, How come Caleb Williams can't do this in this offense? And this and this, like just sit in the pocket and look. They're just, just two different types of quarterbacks, you know. Caleb Williams play a little bit. Yeah. Like, fans are like, I don't know. Like this year, like twenty twenty three saltiest fans had for USC. Yeah, and I mean, come on, it was a bowl game. I mean, what are we doing here? The other guy that I do want to talk about in this bowl game, though, is the wide receivers on the other end that did do some well. We got to see Makai Lemon do some pretty good things after being yeah. rumored that he was going to play a cornerback in this game. He was practicing a cornerback, apparently, leading up to this game, but he went for 75 yards on three receptions. Maybe they're trying to get him to stay after, you know, high school teammate Malachi Nelson is, is going to be entering the transfer portal going somewhere else. Maybe he might try to follow him. They're trying to do something to make him around. I don't know if that kind of led to him getting a little bit more playing time here today. Uh, Taj Washington, again, with a nice day. And then Jacoby Lane, another freshman there. I remember talking about him a little bit in the recruiting. Just a, yeah. just a big guy who had uh, who's got some strong hands. Nothing really there that I'm super excited about, but maybe just a name to watch out for. But it, it was a nice day for these guys. Thought he was lanky. I think it was like six foot four, one seventy five. Yes, yeah, so one of these tall, skinny guys with some with some yeah. good hands. Just not not a lot there from an athleticism standpoint. But I mean, he had a nice day. Bro, eat a burger, bro. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> LA, eat a burger. <laughs> yeah. Um, going over to Texas A and M versus Oklahoma State here. I really want to ask Corey because Corey's the Ruben Owen fan out of the two of us. Uh. I just want to know how you're feeling <laughs> about his future there compared to the other RBs, and if you want to include who you feel the best about, that would be cool. But I just want to, I just want to know. Um, I've been lowering him steadily throughout like the off season. I think okay. he's somewhere like in my thirties now for running okay. back, which I mean, he just has not looked good as a rusher in that room. I and mean, they really could have used someone to step up and it just wasn't him. I think he's uh, like under four yards per carry. in like most games this year, even in this one, he averaged the most, but that was still only at 3.7. I just don't love anybody in this room right now. I like him as a complimentary option. I think he could be a passing option guy down the line. I think it'd be a complimentary piece, but unless he kind of improves that rushing, I don't view him right now as a guy who's really going to be a Debbie asset for us, unless that rushing increase. I mean, only year one, it can get a lot better from here, but it was not a great year one for him. Yeah. I wonder who was saying that all season long. Yeah. (laughs) Because he's old. (laughs) Yeah, He just didn't look like he had a lot of juice to. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I was, I was more about the opening too. I was like, you know, if he gets an opportunity, um, then he could grow and become a better, like a better rusher in this room. It just didn't happen this year. Unfortunately, you know, just, just I'll I'll give you that one. I have on this podcast said that I like Lev Moss the most out of the running backs here. I just want to make it clear though, that, I think Lev Moss is very replaceable in the portal too. Like he's definitely yeah. the best for me, but I'm not like planting a flag on him as a Debbie. Yeah, there's a chance all these guys are kind of replaceable in this running back room right now. So could yeah. be a room to even look at for someone transferring in something. I don't know. It's it's a really weird right now. One guy I did want to talk about on Texas A&M though. 
a wide receiver that kind of stepped up. You know, I've been keeping eyes on this room to really make who, who could make some noise for the Aggies after losing Anias, uh, Evan Stewart in the portal, um, Jade Walker. Um, you know, he kind of blew up in this one. Kind of an interesting guy, transferred up from Grand Valley State in Division Two. Uh, spent two years there, saw action in all 12 games this year, but started in seven of them. Of, of those seven games, five of them, he went over 80 yards. You know, he's one of these bigger kids, uh, 6'4", 210 pounds, apparently has a 10.900 meter dash. Although I will say, I only saw that in an article. I can't actually confirm that. I tried to confirm that looking somewhere, but you know, some of these Division Two guys, it's hard to find exact stats for them. He claims he runs a 4.4940 yard dash as well. So he could be one of these size speed specimens. I'm not sure if there's anything just there yet, but just a potentially a name to watch. You know, there's a lot of opening in this room right now. Maybe he could be a guy who steps up next year. You know, we all love Connor Wegman. He's going to need a new number one weapon. Maybe this guy can kind of step up and, and be a guy that could, you know, make some noise in that room next year. Absolutely. A uh, quick mission to Rashad Owens. He's had a good year. Capped it off with a nice performance here, too, for his bowl game performance. Uh, not much to say. We are starting our Debbie guy process. We are making our spreadsheets. We're talking about who we want to put in it, who we want to take out of it. Um, and Rashad Owens is the guy I believe we'll be having further discussion on. So just putting him on the sheet, putting the name out there. We Just because me and Courtney have conversations about him some other time in the offseason. But he's on the radar. Got to check him out. Mm-hmm. And then Brandon Presley is coming back. Now, there's a few fans of Brandon Presley. I think uh, Philly Sharp is probably the biggest fans of him. I want to say I even wrote about him like two years ago. Anyway, he's going back to OK State, but I thought he could have been a um, like a special teamer on the NFL side. I really yeah. did. I thought he could have been like a late day three kind of roster guy. So, uh, But he's going back, and I think – honestly, I think my evaluation will probably just stay the same. Yeah, not a guy that I've been like huge on. Just seems, just seems like a – you know – I don't want to. I don't want it to sound bad, but he just seems like an average talent to me. Like I don't see anything special that jumps off the page to me when I've watched Brendan Presley in the past. But you know, another year here, maybe he can make some noise and, and improve his draft stock a little bit going into next year. Yeah, UNC versus West Virginia. First off, West Virginia, just you know, hats off to you for your season. No one thought you guys were going to get like eight or nine wins, whatever it was. Yeah, at the end here. good for them. That was amazing. Good for you guys. And no one's like even talking about the pieces here. I don't have anything to talk about for any pieces. <laughs> no, not really. No, um, I, I was going to say, we got to see DJ Oliver get some run in this game. A uh, guy that's yes. kind of CJ Donaldson-ish with the big, big size, a little bit athletic. Um, but other than that, like, yeah, not a lot of pieces here that I'm super excited about. No, uh, but Corey was talking about UNC earlier pre-show, and he's just like, "Dude, UNC next year, he's gonna be—they're gonna be bad, right?" Yeah, I just—I <laughs> don't know. I know there was some love for Connor Harrell out there. I don't think he looked very good in this game. But like outside of Omarion Hampton, who is really coming back to this team that you're excited about going into like next year? Like, there's nobody in the wide receiver core. Um, even Omarion Hampton as like being the only option there without like Drake Mayer, without a good running, without a good passing game there. I'm like concerned about him even going into next year. I just have a feeling they're gonna be a bad team next year. Defenses will just stuff the box. So what are you gonna do? Throw the ball. Yeah, like and UNC is not even a great defense either. So if you don't even have that, like I mean, I don't know. It, it, they're gonna be a tough team. They're gonna be going through some transition, I think, for the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, so Connor Harrell, though, I think he threw for about 190, one, one touchdown, two picks. I thought yeah. he was. I, I I thought he was okay. I didn't think he was terrible, but like I, yeah. I'm not putting him in my Debbie rankings though. No, the guy who was reportedly pushing Drake May in, in yeah, his year that he was going to uh, start. quarterback battles every year. Every yeah, year. yeah. <laughs> um, Arizona versus Oklahoma. Great game. I actually mm-hmm. watched it. I didn't really – I watched it at the Fandom. No, I didn't, like, watch the – on my laptop to, so I can pause it every single play if I want to and go back and play it. But 
me and Corey really wanted to mention Gavin Sawchuk hit their his last five games for a win for a hundred yards in a row, like five games in a row of hundred yards. Somebody that we also need to like talk about too. Up there with Rashad Owens, we gotta talk about him. He's put on some weight. So he was like five foot eight, one one eighty, I want to say. One eighty five, yeah, some small. Yeah. yeah. He's he's two hundred pounds now. Like he put on the weight right away. So he's looking electric. Uh Javante Barnes with that dead bone injury we were saying all last offseason, like <laughs> Time to hang it up. Like you can, you can get rid of Javante Barnes off your roster. So yeah, uh, it just looks like him. There's no one threatening his workload here. So I don't know how good he is. We have to like really uh, get into it. So we don't really have a player evaluation for you on him. But just want you guys to know, somebody we're gonna be talking about here. No, and I actually thought that at times, you know, like even in the spring game, times in early the season, I thought he looked kind of poor as a rusher, to be honest. Like there wasn't a lot of wiggle there. Um, I found him kind of stiff in the hips a lot when he was trying to do stuff. So I'm really eager to kind of get a look at down the back half stretch, uh, back half of the season here and see how he did. If you're going to be investing in an Oklahoma running back, which has proven to be good over time, like Evan Sawchuck's your guy now, you know, going into next year, I, I can picture him being, you know, like he's going to be somewhere, you know, in the in the top 10 rounds of, of C2C next year, probably even higher than that. I'm probably undershooting it there. Um, going Going over to the quarterback, though, Jackson Arnold, kind of an up and down game for him, right? Kind of started out slow, had a little bit of a, some nice play towards the middle and then just couldn't really come back towards the end of the game. There two touchdowns, three interceptions, um, you know, had one huge play for a touchdown. Actually, th- I actually thought he threw some pretty nice deep balls in this game. But otherwise, like to me, it came off a little bit erratic. Um, you know, interested in seeing how his weapons play out as well. Not sure what's going on uh, with Farouk. I think you meant you told me he's going to be coming back. Um, but Nick Anderson is a guy I think we can take a look at this offseason too. You know, finished as Oklahoma's second leading wide receiver, um, tied for the team in touchdowns with, with 10, 16.1 yard A dot. He flashed some good things, I thought. Like all the advanced metrics to him don't look the best. You know, like 25% contested catch rate for a 6'4, 200 plus pound guy is not the greatest thing we want to see. Um, but I still think he's somebody, you know, somewhere down the line here that we need to get a better look at and, and get a better evaluation on. Sorry, I just looked up the news for Jalil Farouk. Uh, November 3rd, 2023. So, you know, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma wide receiver Jalil Farouk arrested on outstanding warrants after traffic stop. <laughs> Do we miss that? Did I miss I, that? I don't know. I guess we did. Yeah. <laughs> he still kept playing, though. So it could have been that big of a deal, I guess. No, I mean, yeah, I guess he got taken care of. But that'll be a question for the interviews in the NFL draft. No yeah. idea if he's coming back or not. So I, I might have just lied to Corey there. My bad, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I am. And Nick Anderson, by the way, is a year one zero. I had to put that out there. I'm mm-hmm. obligated. Here. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there. But he, he has really stepped it up this year. So really do like that for him. On the other side of the ball with Arizona, uh, Noah Fafita has been looking great. Uh, he's a yeah. smaller QB. I, you know, I think he's just a better version of Jay Delar. I think Corey says that all the time. And Tim Millen, another guy that looks, he always looks really good. I never feel the need to watch his tape, but with his class coming up, now we need to, get a look at him and see how good he is. I, I'm approaching him the way I approach Keanu Coleman and Romo Dunze. I'm very skeptical of what his mm-hmm. skill set really is or if he's just beating up on bad competition. So, um, And just for the record, when I, I have come around to Romo Dunze, I, I am a believer. I think he's a top five wide receiver in this class. Easy. Um, Keanu Coleman, not so much. But anyway, mm-hmm. we'll have to dive you're in. Coming, you're coming around to my side of the things. Welcome welcome to the party. Here we go. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, um, Ted McMillan, though, I totally, I agree with you. I, um, but like watching him this year, because I have been paying like a little bit closer attention. I think he moves a lot better than like we originally gave him credit for when talking yeah. about him last yeah. off season. Like he's got some like legit 
movement skills to him and some speed maybe like i don't know i don't know what type of speed it is it's probably more around like the hot the high four four area maybe like the low four five area but not like four six or anything like that like he's not a sluggish mover or anything like he gets the ball and he gets upfield he gets separation like i don't know man tim mcmillan going, going into next year he's going to be like what a top five debut wide receiver probably yeah i yeah. mean he's got me in that range for sure yeah, yeah. I, I i that's why i was kind of like the movement skills look good the ball skills look good i don't know like, i was just kind of He's, he looks real skinny, dude. And he looks like he yes. wears um the football kicker pads that are like extra tiny. You know <laughs> Yeah, like he, he likes a lot of movement in those pads. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, still, think, he, he'd rather be wearing nothing out there, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I, I just want to get a better look at him. Just to, I think I have him right now, like in my like 13 to like 15 range. I don't know. Yeah. I have him high with the current draft class in there. I just. I moved him up recently, and I think he's high. Even with the draft class in there, I think he's like nine for me, nine or ten. So he's right up there. So like, yeah, I think he's going to end up like my wide receiver three once everything moves out. Yeah. Um. So so we'll see about that. Jacob Cowing though had another great game here. What to tell you? Do we think? Do we think this guy has like Jaden Reed type potential at the next level? Okay, I almost came in here saying Tank Dell, but uh. I don't know if he's that type of speed. Jaden Reed's got like speed. I don't yeah. know if he's that type of speed. Dell's got some speed. Oh, I guess he he tested way slower than we he, thought he was going to test too. But yeah, I think no, I think that's the opposite. He tested better than we thought he would do. Like than he put on on tape. Yeah, no, I thought didn't he test like a four four nine or something though? Like wasn't it actually bad size adjusted speed? Oh, maybe, right. but we thought it was going to be much worse than that. Yeah, but, no, but he, he does some nice things. Like I think. I think he can make a living in the NFL as like a wide receiver four or five that maybe like can climb with some injuries and maybe make some noise. Like, I don't know. We were not high on Jaden Reed either. Like shout out to Austin, whom I guide him and like our first Debbie guide. And he became something a little bit more than what we expected. But um, like, we were not super high on him. And I'm wondering if we're kind of like doing the same thing with Jacob Cowling a little bit, like maybe he could be a guy that makes a little bit of noise at the next level. I've been a fan and I gave up on him this year. Cause I'm like, he's going to like year six. Like why? Like, yeah. I thought he was ready last year. Um, anyway, Jacob Cowling going to the senior bowl. I'll get a closer look at him when I head yeah. out there. Um, pretty excited about him. Uh, and like, you know, we hate six year players, but Tank Dell, Tank Dell, first six year player that we're all excited about officially. Uh, heading over to Kansas State versus NC State. And you guys know my ass watched that Kansas State team. <laughs> the team about the Debbie, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, look, new offense. So we just want to get to look at the new offense. Uh, we had Avery Johnson, true freshman at quarterback, star this thing. DJ Giddens running. We already know who DJ Giddens is, but running back. And then Jace Brown, the wide receiver one there, also a true freshman there. Avery Johnson, I thought everything I thought we saw was kind of what we expected. A lot of yeah. running, a lot like a lot of short area type stuff. Um, Jace Brown is. I think been really good at getting space and, and separating. I, I'm pretty excited about it from a Debbie standpoint. I was a little bit nervous based on like target market shares and stuff. Cause I don't expect Avery Johnson to throw nearly as much as Will Howard has. Um, PFF is on their BS again by not crediting Chase Brown with as many drops. Have I seen on tape? They only credit him with three. I I'm pretty sure it's been a lot more than that, but um, anyway, he was pretty good this year too. Five for 52 and one against NC state, NC state star corner at the portal, but, I'm actually very excited about Chase Brown. Yeah, and he 
Avery Johnson even missed him on a deep shot early in this game that probably would have made his day even look a lot better. But he, he's had a knack for getting open. I think that you pointed out to me, though, that we're just worried about the hands a little bit, which is obviously not great for a wide receiver, but can be improved upon. I think one of the true things about making it to the NFL is you want to be able to gain separation. And I think he's proven at least to do that a little bit in the small sample size that we've seen. So I think he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on. Um, BJ Giddens, the running back here, you know, started the game on fire. Um, ripped off a bunch of chunk plays, ended up finishing the drive with a 37-yard touchdown, ran for 151 yards on 28 attempts. I think he's going to be a CFF killer next year, and I think he's going to be a guy that we're talking about a lot. I don't think he's going to enter this year. I, I know we're still waiting for that, but we haven't heard anything yeah. about that. I, I think he's going to come back next year, improve on those numbers again, and, and be a guy that we're going to be talking about next year's class. And then Avery Johnson, the same, you know, I, I thought we saw some of the bad mechanics, the flat-footed passes, um, throwing off his back foot. He did have some nice zip on some balls. I just think we're going to need to see more passing development for him to be like a true Devi asset. Like, is this Adrian Martinez again, or can he become something a little bit more than that? Because that's what I fear that he's going to be for Kansas State again, you know, going forward. If Devin Neal wasn't come, if Devin Neal was coming out this year, we'd be pumping up DJ Gaines the way we were Devin Neal this year. Yeah, we were pumping up uh, Ken J. Miller last year, so. That would have been our champion. So, yeah, we are both very high on DJ Giddens. Um, I, I haven't done an overhaul in my rankings the last two months, and I'm pretty excited for this portal stuff to wrap up so I can go ahead and do that. Like, I'm pretty pumped yeah. about that. Um, heading over to Rutgers versus – no, excuse me, NC State. I got to ask you, Kevin Conception, do you have mm-hmm. an opinion on a Debbie value at all? I don't because I think he kind of surprised us a little bit. And like, I want to get and go and look at the tape a little bit closer, but like his production this year can't be ignored really. I just think that like, like from, from everything we heard from the recruiting team was that he was just basically like, you know, like an average athlete, nothing really popped out on tape. Is this guy is just kind of good at everything and excelling like in the system, or is he a guy that's playing above the system and actually like shows a little bit of stuff. So I'm eager to get a better look at him, but I don't have a strong opinion on him right now. Okay. No, I'm the same way. I I'm having, I'm struggling with trying to like separate him from system. Like, I don't know if it's a yeah. system play or if it's just actual talent. So yeah. Okay. Anyway, going over to Rutgers versus Miami. First off, Jacoby Brown's <laughs> terrible, right? <laughs> He's so bad. He's so bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, I, if, uh, if anybody uh, needed another reason to kind of put some money on Emory Williams, or we'll see like what kind of transfer quarterback comes in here. Cause they're rumored to be in a lot, but uh, Jacoby Brown is not it <laughs> for this team. He's just not good. Maybe as a rushing threat, but he's not a good passer. He's done. Yeah, it, nobody wants to go. Like, I don't, Miami just keeps throwing bags at people and they keep saying no. I think <laughs> nobody is, wants to go this there. This is hilarious. Dude. This <laughs> is like for everybody that hates the NIL, they can just point to Miami and be like, look, it's just not working. And they don't have a terrible <laughs> weapon. They don't play a terrible, uh, like a super hard schedule either. I'm surprised that it's it, it's gone to the point that it's gotten because, you know, you got Mark Fletcher back there. We don't love him as a Debbie guy, but he'll be a fine enough running back. Um, you know, you've got Restrepo returning at wide receiver to, to give you a solid weapon there. So, I mean, it's it's a nice, it's a decent situation. I just, they just can't seem to lock down that quarterback position. They do send players to the draft too, like the, the Nosco. Anyway, yeah. It, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, Emery Hunt though, <laughs> or Emery, Emery Hunt. <laughs> Emery Williams, we are kind of excited about. Um, Hopefully getting a shot next year, yeah. Yeah, we want to mention Kyle Manungai too. This is, again, one of those guys with, well, at least for me, because I haven't gotten a good look on it with Rashad Owens and Gavin Solichuk. Like he led the Big Ten, the Big Ten in rushing uh, this year, and I just want to look at him more. Uh, Corey pointed out to me though while we were talking before the show, he's only ran well against poor defenses. Like he's living <laughs> and dying by the offensive line. Like Iowa was terrible. Um, who else? 
Michigan, he played Michigan. Penn State was terrible. Like pretty much like any good defense he faced, it was it was pretty rough. And I, I'll give him some credibility because I think he's he's got some good contact balance. You see him bouncing off some guys and being able to wrap around the edge still. I don't know if there's a lot of speed there. I don't know if there's a lot of juice. He's got good size, five and two. 210 pounds he's definitely a guy we got to get look at more but sometimes even i think there's some vision issues there like sometimes i think the contact balance that i saw was because he was choosing the wrong hole hitting a guy and having to bounce away and then like finding a different hole like and maybe that can develop a little bit further down the line and he'll look a little bit better going into next year and Rutgers loves to run the ball a lot so maybe he can be a guy that we're talking about but he's definitely more of like a even if you're going to put any kind of investment in him you're looking at a d3 guy at best i would, I would say He's been rough on pass catching too. That's been pretty bad. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to like spitball like a like a narrative or an idea off of you. Like, come draft time, we have an award for like the running back that got screwed the most by their offensive line to take a shot on, like the Pacheco effect. Where like, yeah, I watched Pacheco's tape. I think I gave him the lowest grade I think of that year of running backs I watched, just because like I couldn't even see him get past the line of scrimmage. He had no patience oh. at all, and he still doesn't. I don't. I just don't understand why it's working so well at at uh, KC. But he, he still has yeah. no patience at all. Like he's just like so, a hundred miles per hour. I'm trying to find the running backs that just get screwed the most by having a, the worst offensive line, and just maybe give him a bump, or maybe like, hey, I'll take a fourth round flyer on this guy. Maybe could be a dude. Yeah, could so. be a guy to pop. You know, get, get into a training camp and pop or something. But you're looking at like I think a James Robinson type career arc for him if there is one. Yeah, let's head over to Missouri versus Ohio State. Are you out on Devin Brown? I've de- I definitely am not taking him anywhere. Like he's a guy that you're gonna take a shot on near the end of your drafts or something. Now, like I'm not like totally like out on him. I guess you know he suffered okay. the, the injury in this one as well, which maybe you know he he had a hard time settling in in this one too. Like I don't know. It's I sound like I'm going around in circles here because I think that's what I'm doing with him. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to say that I, I'd love to see him do well. Still, I still don't think that he's gotten a good enough shot for us to really get a good evaluation on him. But everything we've seen to this point tells us that we probably shouldn't be in on him anymore, which is like surprising to me, you know, and then even Ohio state's looking for quarterbacks. They don't believe in any of these guys in this room right now. Yeah. I think, I think, he needs a new system. I don't think Ryan Day wants his quarterbacks running around at all. And I think yeah. Devin Brown likes to run around a little bit more than Ryan Day likes him to do that. Would you give a supplemental 10th, 10th pick for Devin Brown? It's hard to say because even you get to the last round and my queue is still filled with like 10 guys I want. And I'm like asking other people for their picks if they don't want them or yeah. and stuff like that. So it's like, do I really want to waste a pick on a guy that has, will give me no value probably this year? Like that's, it's hard. It's hard. Like, like um, my, my, Michael Nelson uh, in our Debbie, in our Debbie group now talks, he talks about it all the time, like wasted spots on your roster. I don't give you anything like this guy's is a roster clogger right now. I'm just not sure there's upside there, but are, do you have the roster that you can stash him? And it's okay that he's not doing nothing for you this year. That's probably the question you got to ask yourself a 10th round pick is a fine pick to spend on him i think but i just don't know if i'm doing it i'm not doing it i would trade yeah. him for it <laughs> yeah I really would. you would tra- you would be the one trading him for away for the 10th round pick yeah i would, <laughs> yeah. I would. i'm already throwing <laughs> up my cues dude I'm, i got a strategy i got a strategy yeah no i agree with you i, uh, I agree uh brady cook who actually kind of had a very quiet game to compare to you <laughs> straight up missouri you know what missouri did missouri did what it, they've been doing what uh michigan's been doing to jj mccarthy they just ran the ball they're just like well we'll just keep running the ball we don't need to throw the ball um brady cook the draft community hasn't talked about him much i heard some whispers about him like probably a month ago but i think i think conversations will heat up once the uh 
once the spreadsheet warriors out there start updating their numbers and stuff like that, do you have any real thoughts on Brady Cook's draft like draft stock? Like I think he's a decent rusher, and I think he did take steps forward as a passer this year. I did wonder if he could possibly be a senior bowl guy. We'll see if that'll happen. Maybe he'll get a better look at him. Um, and I think, you know, I think he has a decent arm. I think he does some some okay things. He really broke out with Luther Burden this year, having that passing weapon that he could really excel with. I think that took him a far a, a ways this year um, to improving that passing game of his. But I don't have a lot of strong, like, I mean, we're looking at a day three type pick, I think. I don't see anything like above that for him. Uh, I'm hoping he goes to the senior bowl so we can get a little bit of a better look at him yeah i'm with you although i think maybe the shrine bowl is more his speed it could be it could be man but they need some quarterbacks here at the senior bowl i mean we need some guys that, i mean depending yeah. on who's gonna go because i don't know if any of those top guys will really go um you know the ones that are in the playoffs or whatever like your michael Penix and stuff if he hears that he's a first round pick is he actually gonna go or whatever so that's maybe. that's gonna be hard jim nag is tweeting at him and <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is that time of the year where everyone starts pumping up the uh, playoff players, you know, in their drafts because they get to see them more recently against better competition. So, yeah. Um, before we, uh, before, talking about running backs here, before we get off of Ohio State completely, um, Trayvon Henderson and Emeka Buka, they both played in this game. Um, Hendo in uh, 19 for 72. Egbuka led the team. I can't remember, like six for 63 or something. There wasn't much passing yeah. in this game. Do you think this means that they're going to be coming back in your mind? No, no, I, I'm still waiting for the announcement. Like, I think they can, but like them playing, I don't think that means it. Like, Ameka had to come back from injury. Henderson playing was a little bit weird to me, but I thought Ameka playing made a little bit more sense to prove that he's still healthy. And even with his six for 62, I think that was like above a 40% market share. So, yeah, and I think it's possible even that this game made the choice for them. They're like, this is what we have to play with next year. I think we're just going to go to the draft and see what happens. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be dealing with this. Uh, running back on the other side, though, Mr. Cody Schrader. He's a guy I wanted to, to focus on here a little bit. Great backstory as a, as a D2 walk on uh, to one of the SEC's best running backs, now the senior bowl. Um, not an overly explosive guy, but tough, hard nosed runner. Uh, one of these guys that does everything really well, but maybe not a trait to write home about. What are your thoughts on Cody Schrader? He is everything I thought we were going to get out of Cameron Scadabo at Arizona. Oh, okay. State. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I, I don't mind that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, no, I'm not really, I don't see any traits. He's also older. Yeah. Uh, like with six years, you know, it took him six years to get to where he is, which is like still awesome story. Love that for him. But, um, no, I, I think he's just like a late day three Ross, like not even like a rotational piece. He's a practice quarter for me. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about one wide receiver here. I put him in one of my articles recently, Marquise Johnson from Missouri, who got two snaps this game, but caught one ball for 50 yards. So 25 yards per route run. Love that for him. But he's a deep ball threat. That's not really getting talked about a lot. I really do think he's like the SEC version of Eric Singleton this year. But it's just been like overshadowed. So Marquise Johnson, who I actually have watched tape on, uh, probably won't be in the Debbie guy. But five foot eleven, one eighty, and I think he's a he's a deep he's a field stretcher in the deep that I think needs to be on more radars. And I think he could be like a special teamer next level. Like this is at a minimum. This is again a true freshman, but thirteen receptions this year for three hundred eighty three yards and three touchdowns. Like he's been superb on only 44 routes run so like he's really only put in there for specific plays and like whatever anyway marquis johnson's a guy i think needs to be on radars talked about a little bit mentioned not too high but like probably a good like late round pick maybe trade devin brown for him there you go (laughs) don't do that (laughs) 
that's it for my for him. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, Notre Dame versus Oregon State. Uh, I don't, I'm going to open this up with the um, QB battle, actually, or quarterback battle. I should phrase it like this. I'm sorry. We actually talked about this pre-show. Let me yeah. phrase it like this. Is Kenny Minchie's, like, value done? Like, he was a quarterback that was probably talked about by all of us. I think he was mm-hmm. between, like, QB 10 to 15 for me in the freshman class. Really loved the freshman quarterback class, though. Uh, but watching him get snaps behind Angeli, is he like and and they took a transfer in who they who they get Riley Leonard from Duke. Riley Leonard yeah like yeah. so it, look are we are we just gonna just prematurely just cut Kenny Mishy we just know he's not gonna get on the field yeah I don't know this guy's gonna fall into like the Brady Allen spectrum as a guy that we like liked and then like just never really like gets his <laughs> shot or something and we have to remember like Kenny Minchie was a guy that didn't have a lot of experience at the high school level either. Like, I think he only started like two years or something like that. Or, or even he was like injured that that first year and then really only had like the one full season of starting in high school. Maybe some of that experience is showing at, at this level now. And maybe Notre Dame's not too, not too happy with how his development has gone this year or whatever. But um, not a guy that I think, you know, deserves a lot of investment at this point. If you're just a Kenny Minshew guy, you believe in him, you want to throw some investment in him and see what happens. That's your call. But this is going to be a dead asset for this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I'm... Good to throw in the towel. I don't think I drop him off rosters. I have him on, but like if, if I had some yeah. tantalizing picks, I think I'd make the cut. And you were low by the sounds of it, because I even had him probably like I liked some of the things he did. I but I had him around like quarterback eight, I believe, in the class. So like I I liked a few more things, I guess. But uh, oh, okay, yeah, I, I guess I, I think I had him in that maybe. like I think I had him at like the ten to thirteen range. Like he wasn't like around there. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, look, I want to talk about a guy that's kind of a deep guy for me. I don't know if Corey's watching at all, but Jordan Fazon mm-hmm. uh, has gotten a lot of snaps. I wrote about him in an article that's not dropping until next week, so I'm already – I keep ruining it. Like, I keep writing these, like, way in advance. and <laughs> It's cool that it worked out, but no one knows besides me that I wrote it early. Um, so he is a lacrosse player, zero-star recruit, walk-on for football. He has a scholarship that belongs to the lacrosse team, but it will be double counting for the football team because you can't have starters not on scholarships. So he's gotten, I'm trying to pull it up, limited snaps up until this game, but he's he like doesn't get a lot of snaps. He's just averaging about, I think, 12 snaps a game since week six in this bowl game. He's got 20 snaps, five targets, four receptions for 111 yards, and one touchdown. He is playing out of the slot. You know who else plays out of the slot? Jaden Greyhouse. Yeah. So the question is, like, he's out snapping Jaden Greyhouse down the stretch. He's also been far more productive, far more efficient, and just everything screams that Jordan Fazan is probably the future slot for this team outside of like recruitment pedigree. Yeah. I mean, it's possible, I guess. They're definitely different archetypes though right like 511 175 compared to like your bigger slot in jane Greathouse. maybe they figure jane Greyhouse could maybe even be an outside guy at some point like maybe that's kind of the move here with with Faison kind of being like the slot guy and i was gonna ask like you're saying you know like yeah he walked on to Dame here so the interest that he had when i looked it up so that's all lacrosse interest like he had interest from iowa from michigan state was that all lacrosse interest for him um i know iowa was giving him both as well so well, uh, yeah, so, but so, yeah, yeah, it was it was lacrosse. He's a top thirty-five lacrosse recruit, all American, two-year all-American. Yeah, school. okay, so so that makes sense. But yeah, true freshman as well. So I mean, nice to see the blow up here in the bowl game for him, and that'll be something to watch next year. Because I don't think they have a lot of weapons going into next year that I'm super excited about. They brought in Bro Collins as well, so maybe you're looking at Gene Greathouse, Bo Collins, this guy in the Chris slot, Mills like. 
yeah, it's it's not a, it's 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 a weird group. Uh, I'm going to have to kind of see how they mesh with Riley Leonard as well, who's you know been up and down with how the way he supports wide receivers, anyways. And order Damien, you know, we're not seeing a lot of wide receiver talent come out of there uh, a lot lately either. But the one place we are seeing talent come out of Notre Dame is that running back position. Um, talked about it last show that I was going to be keeping an eye on who was going to kind of break out here. We did see the freshman Jeremiah Love get the start. Um, but it was Jadarian Price uh, who stole the show here. You know, over 100 yards on just 13 carries, showed some good instincts in traffic, really liked the way um, he looked here. Might have primed himself to walk in the door at least next year as in conversation for that running back run, uh, running back one role for Notre Dame next year. Because I really do think that he looked better than Jeremiah Love in this game, at least as a rusher. We know Jeremiah Love at least has that pass-catching pedigree to him that maybe he can get find his way on the field or whatever. But it looks like they were going to be relying on these two guys at least going forward. But nice showing here from Jerry and Price. I like what I saw. Yeah, that will be an interesting one because me and you were pretty high on love going into the game. Like we thought it was going to yeah. be his. So. And it looks – they gave him the shot. I just think the way it went, for some reason, it just – he couldn't get much going at least. What did he finish with? He was like 15 for like 37 yards. Like it was not a good showing for him as a rusher at least. Right. All right, let's head on over to uh, Clemson versus Kentucky. Uh, mm-hmm. We talked about Will Shipley here. Still a mystery if he declares or not. Uh, so I wanted to ask, Phil Moffat was like 13 for 90-some yards and three touchdowns, I believe. Yeah. How are you feeling about Phil Moffat going into the year? I don't know. Like he's, he's a, He was an interesting guy. I remember looking at him as a recruit, and I remember them saying he was a little bit of a size-speed guy because he has some size to him. He's like 230 pounds or something, and yeah. people were saying he runs like a 4-4 something, and I don't know if I see that speed from him. To me, he just seems a little bit like a bruiser. He seems, you know, closer to the Mark Fletcher territory than like someone who's like a size speed specimen type of guy, um, you know, pounds in the touchdowns. I mean, he even had that four touchdown game earlier. Again, I don't know if he had like, I can't remember the, the yardage amount in that, but I don't know. He does excel as a middle rusher or interior rusher. I mean, uh, better than Will Shipley, I believe. Um, so I think he has that going for him. I still think he's the kind of guy that does better with a little bit of a compliment. I think he's the thunder to somebody's lightning. And like we've talked about before, um, sometimes these guys don't do as good when they just become the one piece of that combo and P and defenses kind of can key in on that when they're not worried about the electric guy getting outside or whatever, they kind of just key in on the interior. Um, so I'm interested to see how this kind of works out from if Will Shipley decides to declare, if they both come back, then, you know, mm-hmm. probably a lot, probably a lot of the same. I want to correct myself on his stat line. It was 11 for 67 and four touchdowns. So. Yeah. See, so not a lot, not a lot of yardage there. So, but he is a good yeah. interior runner. It has some good numbers after contact, I believe as well. Yeah. And, and I think he's an early down banger. I just don't, think as of today i don't think he's an nfl really down banger no and it it, that's a tough role to excel now in the nfl as well if you don't bring pass catching if you don't bring anything like it's you're gonna need some injuries in front of you to get a shot you're gonna need to test really well and i don't know if that's in his bag of tricks either he's getting targets he's not doing much with them 21 receptions for 108 yards yeah so yeah i don't know he's okay i don't i'm not looking for him for debbie i probably will rank him but i'm gonna rank him somewhere towards the bottom of my rankings i'm not gonna be excited about him yeah I'm heading over to Barry and Brown, a guy we've talked about, a little bit concerned. The community's been talking about him. Mm-hmm. Barry and Brown was a, I'm going to assume, this is an assumption, can, like consensus top 10 wide receiver across the board, probably top 15 uh, across all classes, top five in his class going into the year. And Kentucky's passing off has just been abysmal. Um just not finding ways to get the ball into the, their best athletes hands. Like he, again, like he had like three touchdowns this game. I think he had like, even like one off a kick return. Like it's, yeah, it was awesome seeing Brian Brown, like how we thought he would be like a big play threat at any level of the field. So 
it was awesome seeing him show signs of life. And I just want to ask Corey, how are you feeling about him? How are you feeling about his future? Because a lot of us were getting a little bit worried. I'm not as concerned because I here's what I think kind of happened to him this year. Like he flashed a little bit this year, but I think it's Kentucky putting a little bit more on his plate, like hoping he develops more into a like a bona fide wide receiver instead of this like raw athlete who you know excelled in the manufacturer t- touches he did last year. Like his A dot in 2022, 9.7 yards, way up to 16.7 this year. After only seeing 60% of his touches come around the line of scrimmage in, in 2022, that flipped completely. 60% of his targets were all in the intermediate and deep area of the field. So it was like he became this deep threat, this like Deshaun Jackson type almost for Kentucky this year. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that the two years combine in year three, and we get kind of this all-around threat where you get a little bit more of the manufacturer touches reach, uh, mixed in. But now you've got this year under your belt where you were used more as an intermediate deep threat. Now you can excel and put it all together and we kind of get this freak athlete who just kind of comes together, maybe a little bit of better quarterback play as well. I don't know how we feel about Brock <laughs> coming in. We'll see how that how that goes. If that's going to be better than Devin Leary or not, but still, like I'm, I'm optimistic that at least it can come together. I'm not as down on what he showed this year. I think he was kind of learning some newer things in, in his bag of tricks, and now let's just hope that it all comes together for him. I do think he was misused this year. Corey kind of laid it all out there. I thought he was misused. Yeah. Um, just didn't really quite develop those type of skill sets, and like. As an analyst, it's cool seeing offenses use him differently because we get to understand his like what he actually is really good at or what his flaws are out. It's yes, not like yeah. exactly a bump up, but like now I feel like we're really comfortable with knowing what this player is. And I'm hoping he does like the anti Brian Robinson, where Brian Robinson, Tom, excuse me, Brian Thomas, Thomas Jr. from LSU, who was used as a possession receiver, wasn't his skill set. They move him to like an outside deep threat guy. He excels at it. So I'm hoping Darian mm-hmm. Brown does the opposite where they're like, all right, well, you're not really much of a deep threat guy, so we'll use you in the short and intermediate area of manufacturing touches. So yeah, I think he would excel more as like your occasional deep threat guy, but still you got to work in those manufacturer touches. That's what he was really good at in year one. Yeah. And with that yeah. kind of speed and athleticism, you want to get those touches to him. I mean, good teams get the ball in their best players' hands, and that's what you got to do with Barrian. He can work deep. He's got the speed. Like they'll have yes. to like have safety coverage. Like they have to respect it. So even yeah. though they might not excel at it, it'll be a very good strategic move to use them like that. Yeah. Uh, going to Iowa State versus Memphis. Sorry, well, I want to mention some of the <laughs> Iowa State guys. Look, I'll just talk about I was talking about the running back. He did not do good. He looked Quint Allen me. <laughs> both both of our guys just got they yeah. just had really bad bowl games. Yeah, yeah they, yeah, they did. That's my boy out there. Uh, yeah. He <laughs> for like four. They were behind early. Couldn't get it going. Um, oh, man. Memphis really did look good. They made Memphis look good. Um, Like that defensive line was just destroying, destroying Iowa's offensive line. Anyway. I'm hoping this drives down the price because I'm still in on Abu Sama, but like I thought I was going to spend like a third or fourth to get him the way how weak this running back class is for the freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to schedule Matt, big wide receiver guy from the uh, from the um, recruiting team to come on our show and talk about all that. But um, I'm now pumped to get a, probably the appropriate the appropriate price for him. So excited about that. But you had a guy you want to talk about for this game. Yeah, Mr. Jaden Higgins. Um, you know, I actually took some shots on this guy uh, during preseason. You know, I, I own him in the league of record. I think I went in the program too, just because he was a pretty buzzy name in preseason. That, sometimes that's all I'm really looking for in those round 36 and plus. Like, you're just looking for a guy who's got some buzz in the preseason. But, you know, he's 6'3", 215 pounds, long strider type. Um, you know, really excelled as Iowa State's number one wide receiver. Very similar to the mold of like a straight uh, Xavier Hutchinson from from 2022, their last wide receiver one. Um, I know this game was against Memphis, but he went for nine for 214 yards and a touchdown. But you know, I want to point out some other games. A lot of people are talking. You know, oh, 
that he blew up against Memphis DBs, but he had seven for 104 versus Texas, uh, six for 172 versus Baylor, three for 91 versus Oklahoma, eight for 95 versus Iowa. So, like, I mean, he's still doing good things. Three yards per out run this year as well, 13.2 yard A dot. He could be a little bit of a hidden gem. You know, it's maybe still only day three upside like Hutchinson ended up hitting, but I still think this is a guy that we got to be keeping an eye on. I'm, I feel like I'm talking about too many tall guys <laughs> right now because I don't really like that archetype anymore, but it just seems like those are the guys that are popping. You know, maybe the, maybe there's a little bit of an element to where they just kind of overman, overpower, like they're the, the DB across from them or something like that, but still a guy that I'm putting on the radar, maybe tossing in at the end of my Debbie rankings for now. Yeah, his two best games this year against Cincinnati, against Memphis. Uh, anyway, it's yeah, it's the guy Cincinnati. Yes, yeah, Cincinnati, not Baylor. Sorry, Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I like the call. He, he's gonna be in the Debbie guy for sure. I'll have to watch some tape on him. Uh, heading over to Georgia versus FSU. Uh, Dylan Bell, your guy, was the number one receiver for the game. Hell I yeah, think, uh, was it like sixty six for sixty kind of ish. 80 yards or something it was like seven for six for 80 something yards or whatever but yeah and, and we got to see a little bit more from him um not all these manufacturers touches like he was catching balls down the field he was making some great grabs along the sideline like this is the type of stuff that i say that he flashes throughout the year like he flashes like true wide receiver skill set we just got to see it more to know that he's not just like a manufactured guy or somebody who you know is going to take some carries or is not wandale robinson like you know what I mean? And I like the build. I like everything. Hopefully this leads to like a good role going into next year with some of the guys that are leaving or whatever. But yeah, I, I like him a lot. And I really think though, like this entire game, Georgia versus FSU, like I don't know how much there is to take away from this yeah. game. <laughs> like with, with Florida State, like with all their guys opting out and all of them like pretty much mailing it in. Georgia being like a powerhouse and like not even like, you know, you know, it was like easy for them. You know, Kendall Milton had a big game. Scene. Like it's it was OJ Simpson on the highway running away from all the cops. It was it yes, was it was, it, there's not there's not much to take away from here. I don't think. Um, I, okay, but like I want to say this. I want to pitch this to you. His usage sure. on the field did it not like remind you of how they use Brock Bowers? Kind of, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. There were some guys that did point that out a little bit, like that. I think they even called him a tight end on the uh, broadcast. If I was mistaken at one point, yeah. It's like he can, this guy can just do a little bit of everything, man. Put him a tight end. Put him a wide receiver. Put him a running back. You know, even let him throw a pass. Let him, let him do that. He can he can do a little bit of it all. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be some some voids to fill. I think one thing, um, Volume Picks, one of our CFF writers, one thing he did point out that I thought was interesting was that Oscar Delp is not a guy who breaks a lot of tackles after that first initial contact, man. Like he keeps going down after. And like after he said it, I went back and looked and it's like he does. Like he's, I don't know if he's as dynamic as Brock Bowers is. And a lot of people are just expecting that to be like a one for one replacement. Um, you know, he kind of he kind of pointed to I wonder if this is going to be more of a committee thing. You know, is Lawson Lucky going to get involved? Is Pierce Sperling going to get involved? Is, you know, is Dylan Bell going to take some of that usage away? So I don't know if there is a one for one replacement here for Brock Bowers, but we'll see how that goes. You know, I'm pretty high on Oscar Delp. But um, that was one thing that, that that did kind of pop for me that he pointed out. Yeah, I do think Delp might be heading towards a primary blocking role. Uh, so yeah. I like that call. I hate saying that out loud, but I, I think that's a fine call. Yeah. Um, I did want to, this is where I was going to go with the usage thing. And I want to just spitball this to you. Carson Carson Beck is the best passing QB Georgia's had in I don't know how long. Like, you're better than Jake Fromm, right? I mean, you're the Georgia fan here. Like, I mean, what was. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Lad McConkey wasn't healthy all year, right? He wasn't healthy until like actually I don't think he's healthy until the playoffs. So or until yeah, recently. He, he was in and out like he yeah. played a few games, but yeah, he was in and out, yeah. Brock Bowers, he also wasn't healthy all year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and we're always saying that they spread the ball around evenly in Georgia. Now they actually have a capable, very capable QB. 
but it was always rotating healthy options. Like maybe, maybe, dude, maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year we see like a defined number one with like a really healthy receiving line. You can tell me it's Colby Young. It could be, but it could be. This is where I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's the time of year I'm getting all conspiracy theories, but I think maybe, like, maybe there's a, there's a, you know, higher than a 10, 15, 20%. Chance. I don't know. Yeah, I'm feeling it. I'm kind of feeling it. Yeah, I think this could, this could actually legitimately happen. The passing game has actually like taken over for this offense a little bit too. Like they still always rely go back to their run a little bit, especially to close out games. But like when they're in it, man, it's it's passing the ball and they you know they win by passing the ball all the time. It's been a, it's been a big part of their offense over like the last three years with Stetson Bennett and then now with with Carson Beck and another year in this offense. Like yeah, maybe we might see that one K wide receiver for Georgia that we haven't seen since. I mean, technically AJ Green, but I mean seven of those yards came from rushing. So really, we haven't seen it in a long ass time. <laughs> yeah. Um, nothing to talk about on Florida State side. It's just, just yeah. they just had a lot of opt outs, a lot of injuries. Just think, I think they really said the whole entire like front seven was gone, but like one guy. Anyway, nothing yeah. to talk about the FSU. I wanted to mention one name from the Auburn versus Maryland game. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. mention Hank Brown. Don't say oh god, <laughs> Hank Brown, quarterback from Auburn. All right, he was a guy we talked. I talked about twice in the offseason. Talked about him during the conference previews for a deep shot. And he was also my deep shot three star freshman too. At the quarterback position, Hank Brown's a three-star from Tennessee. He went to Lipscomb Academy. They were thirteen and zero. I think they were the ranked thirteen high school overall across all of high school football. Trent Dilfer, I might have this incorrect. Trent Dilfer, who's now the quarterback of UAB, was his coach, who's also a Super Bowl QB himself. Helped train Hank Brown. Hank Brown's profile out of high school was a six-foot-four, two hundred-pound quarterback that I thought was a phenomenal like ball placement and accuracy. That was his thing. And he was always kept clean in the pocket. Like his offensive line really did a really good job. Couldn't see him much against pressure. So that was my analysis coming out of high school. Fast forward to this bowl game against Maryland. I thought that translated one for one. I thought he was phenomenal in the pocket. He was, his pocket was not great. Mobility also not that great, but his ball placement accuracy, his deep ball, his touch was just all phenomenal. He went mm. 8 for 10. There was a drop, which also wasn't credited for a drop. I saw that PFF. He did not credit Jay Fair at the drop. It was a lower ball, but it was still – the receiver had two hands on it. He could have caught it. He didn't. He dropped it, and it wasn't the first down going for a touchdown. But 8 for 10 for 132 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, one big-time throw. That throw was to Caleb Brown, whatever, one of the OSU transfer wide receivers. It was a phenomenal, like, two drives. I mean, it was clinical, and it was just amazing to watch. He's a pocket passer, and I believe he's a Power 5 starter. The issue is that he goes to Auburn, and Hugh Freeze is a coach of Auburn. Hugh Freeze, who I think values mobility over the arm. We have a history of Malik Willis, Jaden Salter, uh, Peyton Thorne. I'm missing one more before that, but they're all guys that are mobile quarterbacks, and that's not Hank Brown's game, but I really do think Hank Brown proved that I think he belongs in a power five, not a low tier. I'm talking about like a mid to high tier power five, like passer with a solid offensive line supporting him. That's my rant. I don't think it really is going to work out in Auburn, but if he hits the portal, I'm, dude, I am conducting that train. Was all this in the it, fourth quarter though? Was it like he came in like last? It was fourth quarter, but I didn't yeah. notice Maryland switching too many guys out. And I meant to DM Barnabas to ask that because I know Barnabas watched this game fully. Yeah but I did not notice them switching out their starting defense or whatever defense was out there initially. 
Um, grain of salt, guys. Grain of salt, right? Grain of salt. This is <laughs> yeah. this is game. So. Yeah, this is this uh, that is was bold, bold game overreactions, not not bold yes. game reactions. Yeah, and he probably isn't <laughs> transferring this year. I know I put that out there. I think it'll be a legitimate QB battle. I think it will be talked about. I'm just saying that I do think Hugh Freeze picks Peyton Thorne for the experience and because of his legs. Yeah. Let's head on over to um I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip these next two. We'll come back to them at the end because I kind of went out of order writing them down. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna go over to Liberty versus Oregon. The only real thing I want to talk about here. Uh, Liberty Biberty. Anyway, uh, Oregon versus Liberty Biberty is Tez Johnson. We mm-hmm. also really haven't talked about Tez Johnson too much. The way we haven't talked about Common on Guy. He's been Tez Johnson has been very productive down the stretch here. Didn't get much snaps until after the out of conference game. So talking about like week five and on, and he's been on kind of a tear. And of course, we know the whole narrative. He's he's the adopted brother of Bo Nix. They have this chemistry. He's five foot ten, one sixty. At least that's what I saw listed. I think he might be a little bit heavier than that, but for the most part, skinny guy, five foot ten for sure. What do you think of him as like a draft guy too? Like we didn't label him in our senior bowl thing. We didn't say, oh yeah, maybe he goes to the senior bowl. Like, what do you think about Tess Johnson? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he kind of falls into the spectrum bucket of like a Taj Washington. Like that's kind of like where I would assume his value would be. Kind of like similar types of players too. There seemed to be some kind of emphasis on this game on getting him, you know, a big day. Um, there was a lot of manufactured touches for him in this one, you know, screen pass. He, he took for a touchdown, uh, pop pass touchdown near the, near the goal line that he took for a touchdown, some end arounds as well. So they were like trying to get the ball in his hands. Maybe it was kind of a send off thing for him or whatever, or, but he's definitely used in a lot of different ways, but a lot of those ways were like easy touches, manufactured touches. I, I wonder how his type of role fits at the next level, especially if he is kind of like that 160 pounds, he would be an interesting guy to see the senior bowl for you, seeing how he handles those one-on-ones. I think he would actually do pretty good in them. I'm just not sure how he is as a route runner. Like, have you watched him close enough to define how he kind of is as a route runner? I watched one of the cut-ups from Brandon Lejeune over at the Debbie to Dynasty. Gotta go oh, check him out. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. You, and Corey's also helps out over there a little bit here absolutely. and there. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, so yeah, I watched his game against Oregon. A lot of comeback routes, um, but mostly like crossers and kind of like in motion, giving a lot of giving a lot of cushion. Yeah, uh, so. a lot of easy touches, right? Like that's kind of like what I got from him when yeah. I was watching him. So like I'm not, I'm not, just not sure how he's going to translate to the next level. But still, uh, production we can't ignore, and something that we gotta, we definitely have to keep an eye on uh, going forward. I think. He's all, it, like, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Also, with the ball in his hands too, like he's like almost like backyard football trying to make guys miss. You know, like mm-hmm. the arms out, like with the guys, like in front of the <laughs> yeah. Knees, yeah. Yeah. Like, like even on that screen pass, like, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. That was definitely like, like, I, I think he's got good movement ability, good hips. Uh, definitely turns pretty well once he does those comeback routes to get back upfield. Um, but yeah, he's kind of a fun watch. I just wasn't really, we don't talk about him, but I think he's like draftable. I just don't know on what range. So yeah. Anyway. And smaller guys are getting more of a look at the NFL, but we'll, we'll see if he can be yeah. one of these guys that translate. anyways, I mean, uh, looking at the game entirely, I do think Liberty was just kind of outmatched in this one, especially in the trenches. Like Nick's had a bunch of time in the pocket, um, running backs, ripping off huge gains. Um, I think when, when you have that much time in the pocket, you know, for a quarterback, they're always going to have a good day. I don't think this changes much for my evaluation on Bo Nix. He did target down the field pretty good, though. He had a nice couple of seam shots. Um, he threw he threw the ball beyond ten yards, so that was nice to see. But again, he's standing in the pocket forever. There was like no pressure on him when he's when he has a nice clean pocket. He looks like a good player. <clears throat> it's when everything that breaks down that he kind of reverts back to that six yard out, five yard out, four yard out, and hoping that guys can make a play for him. So I don't know if that if it changed much of the uh, evaluation for me. But and Jordan James, another nice game here. I'm really excited about him. 
uh, going, <clears throat> excuse me, going forward into next year after Bucky Irving leaves. You got to mention a deep name since we brought up Jordan James. Let's talk about Jay Harris real quick. Uh, Wasn't geez. in the bowl game. <laughs> Just mentioning a transfer portal guy coming up from D two football over at not Tufts. Oh man, it escaped me. Anyway, D two football running back. Watch some tape. Thought he had some good footwork. Um, mm. We talk about Oregon being a lightning and thunder type of system, and they're taking away the lightning portion of the system. Jay Harris is D2. I'm not here to pump up a D2 guy saying he's going to game strength, just figure it all out and just adjust really well day one. I think those guys take maybe like a whole season to really adjust. So maybe it's more of a, a 2025 type of guy you might want to add. But I just want to mention Jay Harris's name, D2 guy. Thought he looked pretty good from little clips I saw of him. Fair enough. Very good productive. good place to mention him is here. Bad place to mention him is part of our Debbie guide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like midnight. And I woke up. I put it like a. I put the meme out from um, Jimmy Neutron, where his dad was like, "Everybody makes crimes of passion during crimes of passion." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I like that. I like um. That. Anyway, yeah, that was a, that was a fast in and out. Uh, anyway, going over to Wisconsin versus LSU. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer. How do you feel about Garrett Nussmeyer showing? Because I know last week I hinted that he has real fraud potential, the way Joe mm-hmm. Milton did for everybody. Um, how do you feel about Garrett Nussmeyer's performance here against Wisconsin? Well, when it came comes to like the backups that have had love, you know, your Connor Harrells and your everybody yes. else. Like, yeah. I actually think that he didn't he didn't look too bad. He took a little bit to settle in. Um, you know, no points through the first quarter with a team that was you know much stronger on paper than Wisconsin. You know, with their opt outs, and then you even had neighbors and Thomas playing there a lot. But uh, I did think he settled in like like all right. Like uh, he was he was pushing the ball down the field. He he was playing a little bit fearlessly, and that's always one of the things that I've liked about Garrett Nussmeyer. I mean, it leads to some mistakes. Um, he's he doesn't have you know the imposing size. I don't know if he has a gun for an arm, but he has a good arm, and I thought that he did well. He fitted in some tight spots. He threw it well. Um, I think he'll be good enough to man this team, especially if they put some weapons around him or whatever. So I thought I was pleasantly surprised and I'm optimistic about his future going forward, about being the LSU starting quarterback next year. Now, I think you know that there he's a guy that's going to be like top 20, top 15 QB for me in the class, but like clearly like a guy I want to watch and see and get an evaluation for it. And I thought, like, I love that you pointed out the slow start because I was watching that first quarter. It was it was slow, but adjusted yeah. well, looked comfortable. Second half was great. Was cooking on some throws, um, and and last year too. The whole time, like our show specifically, definitely for sure. I'm sure other shows too. We're all like, you know, saying that Garrett Nussmeyer is the guy that you want to start over Jaden Daniels because he's going to open up the offense with his deep throws, and then yeah. Jaden Daniels goes that he also can throw the ball deep this year. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is nice to see after that was his high school profile, and then we didn't see it for four years, so that was pretty tight to see that. Thank you, Jaden. I um, did think um, tight end Mason Taylor for LSU. I thought he looked good in this game, man. Like I thought he looked qu- like I was watching him a little bit closely because he was having like a nice day. Went seven for yeah. seven for eighty eight yards in this one. Like I thought he looked quick. You know, I th- if Nussmeyer remains the guy heading into twenty four, like that could be a connection. I think you know, that pops with all the turnover at wide receiver um, without a lot of like really strong returning production. Like he could be a guy that pops and he kind of went like, there just wasn't a lot of talk about him this year for a guy who kind of broke out as a freshman. Like he could be one of these guys, one of these tight ends that really start flashing and becomes like a, like a pretty high draft prospect going into next year. He just disappeared this year. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like he looked bad. He just disappeared. Yeah. I like this. I like that call. Amazing to still on the radar. Um, Caleb Jackson, true freshman running back that we've been pumping up here and there, mm-hmm. got a touchdown. I mean, dude, the dude is that dude's touchdown a machine. He's a touchdown dude, machine, he's a, <laughs> and he's he's like thick, but like in a, like a strong way. Like I just, dude, I love yeah. him. 
Only two wait. rushes for 15 yards. I wish they would just give him like some more touches. You know, I, I hopefully in 2024 we're going to see that because like the running game was just like a non-factor, and maybe that was without Jane Daniels being there, like without the threat of Jane Daniels. Like all these average talented running backs just couldn't find a lot of room without that threat there. You know, Josh Williams didn't do much. Noah Kane, I've never been a Noah Kane guy, um, so these guys just couldn't find any rooms. So hopefully, we see Caleb Jackson really be the guy going forward. I have no idea if anyone's leaving. Like, is anyone? Yeah. I think Diggs is coming back. I don't know. I think he got injured in this game. So that was another thing as well, like Logan Diggs. So, but, you know, there's that connection there with uh, what's his name? Um, head coach. What's their head coach's name again? Ryan Kelly. Thank you, Ryan Kelly. There's some of that connection there from Notre Dame as well. So he could be the guy they're going to ride going next year. Let's just pray that, that Caleb Jackson gets some more touches. He's the guy with NFL traits. It's, yeah. Everyone else is fine. They're fine and serviceable, but the guy that has the highest ceiling, Caleb Jackson. Yeah. Um, also, just real quick mention, Josh Williams, the walk-on running back there. I loved his story. I would have been okay if this was his year. I mean, it wasn't, but I would have been, like, pretty <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, just throwing that out there. I would have been okay with it, but I'm also okay with him sucking. I would have loved that story. Anyway, uh, Tennessee to Iowa, bro. Tennessee versus Iowa. I'll tell you what. The easiest bet of the day, I'm not on the betting team, but the easiest bet of the day was Oregon versus Liberty. Like, that was pretty easy. Yeah. But I, I bet te- Tennessee versus Iowa. I got it, like, minus, like, 32 and I was pumped about it because I was like, I was not scoring. And you're going to yeah. ask a true freshman, Ninko Imaeva, to score 32 points against Iowa's defense. Yeah. And I felt so good about it, and I was wrong. So <laughs> love that. like, that's, that's how the betting world is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Ninko, first game in there, how would you feel about him? He, another like Nussmeyer, I thought he started a little bit slow as well. Um, I think he utilized his legs a lot, like three touchdowns on the ground. I think he had one through the air. Um, they didn't put a ton on his plate. I thought he flashed the arm. He made that nice back shoulder throw to, uh, Romel Keaton. I remember, um, he did hold onto the ball too long at times, took six sacks in this day, um, in this game. I think overall though, I think you can walk away feeling like it was a pretty promising day. Like we talked about it a bit during the preseason last year. Um, like Nico was rising a bit for me heading into heading into the season. Like he finished as my quarterback three, but you know, now with all the recent events around Dante Moore, probably going to be a lost year there at Oregon while Dylan Gabriel is the guy. Malachi Nelson, who knows what's going to happen with him? Like, are you ruling out Yamalieva potentially being the quarterback one of this class after this year? No, no. I think he's still yeah. in the running. I, yeah. I liked what we saw from him today. I didn't – I wasn't yeah. overly impressed, but I know there's some drops there. I remember, like, Ramel Keaton. I think it was Keaton. That dropped yeah. the ball. That was just really obvious, and it was pretty hard to watch. But, no, I, I loved how he operated this offense. This is, like, a true test defense, too. Like, I don't know what off down yeah, Iowa has, sure. but you can, you can count on Iowa always having great defenses. So, And he actually so looked I, good, I, like, running the ball. Like, he didn't look out of place. Like, those those long strides. Like, I was worried about, about the lanky frame and everything. Like, he looked quick. He had some juice to him. Like, he he broke through some tackles on one of those on one of those touchdown runs as well, like the first or second one. Like, I don't know. That's definitely going to be a, a strong part of his game as well. Like, I don't know. He he could be like more closer to like your hand and hooker type that operated this offense a couple years ago. Yeah. 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 That sneaky athleticism. Like you can see it now in the draft profile. Like, yeah. I guy I can move. Uh, Want to talk about Dylan Sampson, Cam Selden. Looks like the mm-hmm. next running back duo there. They love the Rose 8 running backs. It's, it'll never be a solo workload there. Um, I think the lightning will be Sampson and the thunder will probably be Selden. Uh, but I think both these guys profiles pretty good lightning running backs. But anyway, Dynamic duo. I liked the one 13-yard run from Cam Selden, and then he was kind of quiet as far as like making plays, but it was really nice seeing him get the workload out there. And again, Iowa's defense, so felt pretty good about it. 
Yeah, there's still a lot of vision issues, I think, developing for Selden. Like, you know, even on that 13-yard run, he bounced to, to the outside and just kind of used his speed to get to the outside. Like, I think Dylan Sampson might be the guy here that deserves a little bit more love. And I got to look into him a little bit more. But 20 for 133 on the day. Um, some nice runs against his Iowa defense. Clock, he, he He's clocked at 23 miles per hour. I didn't even know that his speed was that much, but it is pretty evident. Like he looks pretty quick on the field. I think he still needs to develop like his patience a little bit at the second level. Like there was times where he was running and then like he would come face to face with a guy and not really know what to do to get to like beyond that guy. I think that's part of his game that he has to keep developing. But like for, for all the Selden old owners, like he's going to be a thorn in, in, in the side, you know, like the staff seems to love him a lot too. So like, I don't know, he, he's a decent size too, 5'11", 190. If he can add some more pounds to his frame, become that 205, become that 210, he could be a guy that we're looking at, especially if he has that speed in his repertoire as well, that we're going to kind of be looking at by the time his draft year comes around. I think I debated this with Coach, shout out to Coach A, the biggest Dylan Sampson fan I know. Mm-hmm. I don't think he puts on the weight. This is like year three for him or year two for him, but he hasn't put on the weight since high school. Like he just stayed the way he is. I don't think the weight's coming. If it's not coming earlier, it's not coming later. At least maybe he like does that last minute hit the gym. We see him with like the anchor arms, the way uh, James Cook did, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, like yeah. looks like he's just absolutely yoked for the draft. Um, so yeah, probably no, like I- a more, a more realistic career arc would be like what we're seeing with Jalen right now. Like kind of yeah. like that sneaky, like like a late round or late day three type guy, or or maybe mid day three type guy that's going to test pretty well. But yeah, that's probably like the most high he could hit at this level. I think he's an NFL back. I just don't know what type of impact he makes. Yeah, so, that's fair. Not the highest. I have nothing else to talk about for Tennessee, Iowa. We're good to move on to the big two, Let, big ones. Let's move on to those playoff games. Great playoff games we had this, but this week. Yes, dude. Yes, I was wrong on both of them, so I love that. Uh, yeah. Michigan, <laughs> versus, <laughs> Michigan versus Bama, dude. Um, first off, JJ McCarthy. I just want to talk about this. The post game interview. Did you see what um, Coach Harbaugh was saying about him? I did not. What did he say? He was like saying he's the greatest college football player. <laughs> of all time like I, and it was like he loves he loves him some jj man he does i'm gonna get the actual headline i'm sorry but anyway how do you think about uh jj's performance i thought it was typical jj mccarthy like you know there were some highs there was some lows and there was i think that the biggest thing with jj mccarthy lovers the guys who love him the guys who like him like i do like him uh, myself as well i maybe not like quarterback one of the class or best quarterback in football or anything but i do like the flashes we see man like there was that trick play to edwards he tossed it off to edwards edwards throws it back to him and edwards can't do nothing right this year so he tosses it back to him he has to turn around and catch the ball he goes around throws off his back foot and still hits the guy like 15 20 yards down the field i know it's a broken plan whatever but it's the fact that he can do those things on ad lib like i think he has the arm i think he has some of the mobility i think he has the athleticism but he had a few really nice tight window throws in this one as well. He can hit so those outside hash throws with ease. But again, like early in the game, you saw him almost throw that interception. Like he makes, there's times he makes boneheaded decisions. The thing I want to, the thing I want to see from him is just like more consistency. And it's like, I feel like Michigan's offense also hindered him from at least being able to work out some of those kinks because you're asking him to be a high efficiency guy. You're asking him to make the plays when called upon. And that's really all you do. Cause otherwise we're going to run and we're going to play the game with great defense. We're going to ask you to run the ball a little bit, but he never, to me, he never got a chance to work out the kinks. And that's why I think at the next level, like, like to me, there's part of it that feels like, the evaluation isn't finished because I feel like we just haven't seen, they haven't opened it up enough for him. Maybe there's a realm where they're keeping him, you know, under wraps. I want to look, I want to throw a, a comparison out there for you. Okay. And it doesn't work from a size perspective. Okay. But 
Think about Russell Wilson back in Seattle. Okay, we we're always talking about Russell Wilson. Let Russell cook. Let Russ cook. And what did Seattle do? Well, we surrounded him with a good defense, and we asked him to just make plays when called him on. Be mobile. Throw the ball when we need you. And he was not a guy that worked well in timing rhythm schemes. Like, we saw that when he went to the Broncos. Like, he did not work good in that scheme when he first got there. He's a guy who likes to move outside the pocket, see the guy open, throw the ball. Like, what does this all sound like? This all sounds like J.J. McCarthy at Michigan. Like, that's that's how I think J.J. McCarthy excels the next level. He needs a good defense around him. He might need, like, a good running game around him. And he might just be a guy that relies on being, like, the, that efficient guy. Like, I don't – like, I think uh, elements of Russell Wilson at Seattle was that they were hiding some of his inefficiencies. I think – I wonder if that's kind of the same thing for J.J. That's the scare. That's the worry that Michigan was hiding the inefficiencies from JJ by surrounding him with all these things. So I think like that's like a realistic career arc for him at the next level. I love that, Corey. I, love that. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with any of that either. I really do. Uh, yeah. The quote here, though, was I said it before, but right here, this is the greatest quarterback in the University of Michigan college football history. Got a long way to go to get where Tom Brady eventually got to, which is the GOAT. He laughed the field when it comes to that. But in college career, there has been nobody in Miami better than J.J. It's fair to say that in Michigan, because Tom Brady didn't have like a great Michigan career. He no. was like bad. He, he, they kept wanting to find his replacement, you know, <laughs> like so yeah. like I, I kind of get it from that perspective. But yeah, that's definitely a bold, bold take. It was just. <laughs> Yeah, when you try to sell like me a you like a car like that hard, like, I'm just like, what's wrong with him? Yeah, what are you trying to hide? But anyway, um, that first throw in the game was absolutely atrocious. I don't know what he was even looking at. Um, it was terrible. But he had some good throws too. So it's, I, I thought you nailed it. I just still think he's a project. He's got some work to go yes, on. Yes, absolutely. Um, but I don't know if he gets there like in college. And so everyone keeps thinking he's going to like declare for the draft. But it's like, why does he not just why why would he? What what what's the harm of one more year? Like it, he has a really good offensive line. He's got a good offensive. Like he's gonna get playing time. I don't know, dude. I feel I still feel yeah. like he should just stay and rather than be like a project. I don't think it's a first round QB. I think he's more like a day two. But like you stay around and see if you can get that first round draft capital. You can do it. I just don't think anything changes if he returns though. Like I, they're still gonna run the same offense. They're okay. still gonna like, the like coaching. Like yeah. Get, Okay, like, I got, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like they're not going to open it up all of a sudden and all of a sudden he's going to like blow up. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I'm going to take my hype now and run to the NFL and see if they can develop me at the next level. Cause it's just not happening here for him. I That's mean. yeah. The same thing Anthony Richardson said like last year, yeah. I'm going up to get the, uh, the next level. Of development. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah, think, I, I think I, that's I, yeah. a good comparison now. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about, um, Blake Corm. Uh, mm-hmm. People keep tweeting at me about Blake Corm. <laughs> I put him up here. Yeah, how about how about I want to ask you about Blake Corm? Does any has anything changed for you over the year with him? No, 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 dude. That like the around the left side where he had two receivers blocking two other receivers, he like hits the hole like he yeah, gets yeah. like another like thirty yards. Like it's he's doing like what's required, like the prerequisites. Like you should be able to follow your blocks. You should be able to find the hole that's our design, like the designed mm-hmm. hole that's made for you. Like you should be able to do that. So no, I don't think he's. This running back class gets weaker by the week, like honestly, because people aren't declaring. So, like maybe, but like no, not really. I don't. He's fine, dude. He's fine. He's a midday three guy for me. Like I'm not. Yeah, he exists. I I've essentially called him the fancy Chase Brown just because he has like a bigger name attached to him. Uh, Chase Brown from last year's class now playing for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, but I don't even think he's as a- a- athletic as Chase Brown is. Like. 
you saw some of those plays running to the outside. Like you're talking about those toss plays that they kept getting him to the outside. And like the whole defense is just like closing in on him. And he's not like breaking through with like any kind of massive speed or like breakaway speed or anything like that. Like they're catching him right away. Like he does not have that in his repertoire. I'm actually worried about the way he's going to test. I want to see how he's going to test, but I just, uh, I do not think there's anything there like, like overly athletic about him. And then at, you know, at his size, we're probably more, me and you are probably on the same page. I probably think it's more like two or five, five, seven, you know, maybe somewhere around that. I don't like, he does look thick at times. Maybe he's put on some pounds, 207, something like that. But still, we, th- we think he's more around that five, six range. We've seen some pictures that maybe tell us he's a lot smaller than what he's listed at. So I'm a little bit worried about how his transition is going to go to the next level. Yeah. I, dude, I, I, I looked up the height of the rep during the coin flip. <laughs> you, you're just looking at everybody, every, any picture you can find of, of being able to compare his size and like legitimize that for yourself. I know, I know you're doing, you're busting out the ruler. <laughs> dude, I found the ref's like high school profile from like 20 years ago. Dude. I did. Oh my God. I, I was like, yeah, all right, he's standing, he's the same height as him with the helmet on. This ref is five foot 10. Like, how much is the helmet adding, dude? I'm trying to do all this like trigonometry. Like, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, all right, let's get on to it. Um, uh, Roman Wilson, dude. Um, I've been growing less and less impressive with him each week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I want to ask you a question. Like, do you think he's an NFL? Because we, we've come to Miko Harmon. Like, do we think he's an NFL slot or do we think he's just a special teamer? It's a hard question to say. One of the things that I feel like I see with Roman Wilson is I wonder if there's a little bit of alligator arms there. I feel like he doesn't have a lot of arm extension outside of his frame. Like, so I wonder, I'm wondering about the hands a little bit. I do think like the athleticism is fully there. Like, I do think he's quick and I think he's made some nice plays this year, but there's been a lot of like low volume, him breaking like a huge play or something like that. Will he be able to break it off with that kind of frequency in the NFL? Um, How will he be used in the NFL? Will he be more of a vertical deep guy? Will he be a guy that they kind of use on crossers? Like he's never going to be your contested catch guy. He's never going to be anything. So like, I don't know. I think I definitely think there's potential there for an NFL slot, but you know, the spectrum definitely falls all the way to special teamer. Like I, I think that's a fine, I'm not solidified on any, on any take, but I think that there's NFL slot potential there. Yeah. It's his fourth year. He probably goes to the drafts. His starting QB goes, it's just kind of how I think of stuff. He's yeah. He's got potential senior bowl guy too. I think. Yeah. And 12 touchdowns. And I, I'm starting to think he's more of a, Special teamers as primary role, and then like twenty percent of snaps mm-hmm. playing out the slot, like at the NFL level, um, feels like a Green Bay Packer to me. How they just want straight line speed guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, and I kind of like the alligator arm call there. I never really thought about what you kind of said. They kind of clicked in my head a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got for the Michigan side. Unless you wanted to talk about Brian Edwards drop. No. Talk about okay. Yeah, okay. And I'm done with Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> going over, over to Bama, dude. Jalen Milrow, dude. Can this guy stop falling over himself? I mean, yeah, I think he tripped <laughs> over himself like five times. Even like on the final play of the game, the dude is like falling forward before he crosses the line of scrimmage. It was, I was a little embarrassed for him and I felt bad. I don't know what's going on with him, but he was slipping. Like, I don't know what's slipping. He was just straight falling. He was just, it, it was running a like game. an ostrich out there. Yeah, and this is a tough defense, right? I mean, like, we'll, yes. we'll start we'll start with that caveat first. But I mean, if you're like a Milton Truther or something like that, like this was not really the game for you. I don't think he's very first reads gone. I'm taking off and trying to run. Um, and I will say that Michigan seemed to like handle the trenches pretty well. Like they kept him contained a lot. I, I mean, he did break off some runs or whatever, but that was 
later on. And there's just lots of pressure. He got sacked like six times in this game, ran 21 times for 63 yards. Like he did hit 63 yards, but it's 21 times. You don't even see that from a quarterback very much. Like, so I, I am like, I, we're going to need to see development from him as a passer to even consider him as a, as a Debbie asset, I think, or else he's just going to be this project rushing quarterback who I don't really know like where he goes from here. I will say though, like, in terms of the rushing game, like I thought Jace McClellan actually had a few okay. nice runs in this game. Um, I thought he made there, there was that first touchdown run. He made that guy miss in the open field. Like he did, it was like at the line of scrimmage, it was just following his blocks, but he got one-on-one with a guy on the second level. He made a miss, which I thought was pretty good. Um, did read the line of scrimmage really well. I thought ran hard. Justice Haynes, I thought looked good too on his limited touches. You know, he kind of operated as running back two in this game. Like I thought their running game was really what took them as far as they got. Cause it certainly wasn't Milton's passing game. They were getting destroyed the line. I mean, you kind of mentioned that. I thought yeah. the pass rush for Michigan was amazing. Uh, there's a tackle. Um, Latham, I think it's his name for Alabama. That was getting like first round buzz going down the stretch. Dude got destroyed. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he lost money. I think he lost yeah. money. Um, and then Milro too is a runner. Like he's not elusive. He's like a power back, and he only yeah. really. So anyway, without he's open, like a, he's like space. a faster Hendon Hooker almost. Like he's got a little bit more juice, I think. But he does just like he runs tough. Like that's kind of like his style. Yeah, uh, and then um, Jay Miller looked good on his one running attempt for eleven yards. <laughs> Love that. Stop! Stop it. <laughs> I don't know what to do with him, dude. <laughs> Touting one rush for eleven yards. My goodness. Well, better than Milrow's rushing attempts. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I I thought Milrow got a little overrated here down the stretch. I think he's the same player as we thought he was uh, yeah. week one. I just thought that Alabama, as like a coaching system and as a player, it's like they really kind of figured out like what's how to like really use everybody's assets to the best ability. Like their offensive line really started clicking. Alabama's offensive line crushed uh, Georgia's pass rush, but they got crushed here against Michigan. So anyway. Uh, my only takeaway here is Jalen Monroe is not as good as people thought he was coming down the stretch here. Uh, maybe he should transfer over to tight end. I'm just, I'm just fine. <laughs> and you, you, are not, you, you weren't a fan of uh, McClellan's game here, I take it? I thought he was okay. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he, if you had to tell me who was the bright spot of this offense, probably McClellan. Yeah, I, I just think against a tough defense, like he actually showed up a little bit more so than he has yeah. like through, through different parts of the season, which I think was nice to see for a guy that we kind of had some hopes for and we're kind of disappointed in for this season. Like he showed up here, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think he's been pretty mediocre. Him yeah. and Blake Horn both, I think have just been like the battle of the mid. <laughs> the battle of the mid. <laughs> um, that's how I feel about both of them. Uh, anyway, you good on that? That's good. Last game, Texas versus Washington here. Uh, Texas, Quinn Ewers kind of struggled there at the start there, but I actually want to talk about A.D. Mitchell. Uh, still don't know if he's mm-hmm. coming out or not, but, like, looked really good on 50-50 balls, like, especially in the yeah. end zone, too, catching that shit away from his body. Early jump, but, like, boxed out the defender didn't really matter in the end. Um, How do you feel about A.D. Mitchell the next level? Because I'm thinking he's just a jump ball guy. I don't. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like this is exactly like what we said. Like he's very good at like body contortion, body control, um, sideline awareness, um, high pointing at the ball, using his hands. Like those are all things that are like very good for Ad Mitchell. Where he lacks is like 
route running refinement. Um, like he's, he, he can be a fluid mover, but he's kind of like ad libbing. Like I worry about how he w- would work like in the timing route. Like when your quarterback needs you to break, like at the right time, is he going to be breaking at that right time? Is he going to be taking a lot of false steps, a lot of wasted movement. Um, there's a lot of like, he's way more raw, I think, than people give him credit for. Now the upside is there like hundred percent. Like the upside is, is hundred percent there, but I just think there's still more refinement that needs to come from him that I don't think we actually saw throughout the entire year. So yeah, I think early on, at least in the NFL, if he declares this year, which I think he might, he's probably going to just be like a 50, 50 guy that you toss it up to, you know, I mean, even George Pickens is kind of just a 50, 50 guy right now um, until he develops a little bit more, but I think at least he has that Trump card and he can take to the NFL. It's just how he develops beyond that will really determine if he can become like a, a solid fantasy asset for us. Yeah. I don't have much else to talk about in the past. Do you have anything else to talk about the past? Coaches? JT Sanders look great. You look great. Yeah, he got, he got hurt a little bit as well. Xavier Worthy was was banged up a little bit. I mean, Quint, going back to Quinn Ewers a little bit, like I just thought this was a little bit of a rough game for him. To, for, to me, this seems like a guy who I don't want to make the comparison to DJU, but I make the comparison in the sense that I both think these guys are in their heads with their mechanics. Like they're trying, to, like people have told them, hey, you got to fix these mechanics. You got to try to do this. For, for DJU, it was his motion. For... For um for Ewers, it's engaging his lower half is so bad. Like he's like squ- he's his legs are not pointing towards his target at all. He's almost flat footed, throwing towards his target a lot of the time. And you could see him this year trying to figure out that deep ball. We talked about at the beginning; he hadn't hit like any um fifteen plus yard passes for like the first four weeks of the season. Then all of a sudden, like his deep ball turned from a live line drive into like this rainbow arc that was working for him for a little <laughs> yeah. bit, and then it wasn't working, and then like. He's tried to find somewhere in the middle. You can tell, and I, I like that about him. I like that he has the arm talent that he can try to figure out what works for him and what doesn't. But to me, he's still figuring it out. It just hasn't gotten there fully yet. It almost looks, when he throws a ball, it almost looks lazy. Like, it, like that's that's the way I say it. He just like stands there and tries to arm it or whatever. Like, so I like the arm talent. I just, I think the year coming back, I mean, which is rumored for him that he's going to be coming back. It's not confirmed yet, but it's rumored. I think that's a good thing for him. I just want to see him work out these kinks a little bit more. I like it. Uh, going over to Jalen Blue, running back here for uh, Texas. Look, he's been putting together like a nice, like showing the last four weeks here. But nine for fifty nine, one touchdown, one fumble. Um, yeah, it looks like it'll be a split backfield between him and CJ Baxter. Obviously, we all assume. I think we're all still in the same train that Baxter is going to be the one in this. And yeah, and he two. looked good in this game too. I mean, I'm, they both had a fumble in this game, but it was nice to see the youth movement at running back here for them, like show up a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I'm wondering if Jadon Blue transfers out. Like, not that he has to, but like if he wants to be the one somewhere, like I think he can do that at the power five level. Yeah. I've been a pretty big naysayer for him. But uh, uh, no, he's really like, I don't know what kept him up the first year, even the f- first half of this year, but like he looks adjusted. He looks adjusted yeah. like he belongs. He, he sure. Well, I mean, Jonathan Brooks kept him out. So I mean, <laughs> once he left, it cleared up a little bit and he got more chances. But but yeah, I think even CJ Baxter caught like a sideline pass, I want to say. Like, didn't he like on a scramble drill from uh from Quinn Ewers? He like darted to the outside and caught this ball to the outside. I was like very impressed by by this game for CJ Baxter. A lot of a lot of good things to come for him, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And over to the Washington side. Dude, my first mm-hmm. off, Michael Penix, their usage of Michael Penix, they actually let him run up the middle like three Looking times. Good. He like, looked good. This might have been like that Michael was, Penix's swan song right here, man. That was just <laughs> so funny to me because I'm just like, Michigan was probably like, or sorry, Washington was probably like, dude, let's just let's just F with them. We'll let our quarterback run. Like it's like it's like what if Bill Belichick was like, all right, we're gonna run Tom Brady yeah. up the middle five times, but not let him know when. You know, it was kind of yeah. <laughs> like 
Like, so I, I thought that was awesome to see Penix kind of because Penix was like very mobile before his two ACL injuries. And he looked, I mean, he looked, I don't know if I want to say he looked good, like, but he, he was pretty open. A few of those runs are pretty open, but I, I was, I thought it was pretty awesome to see him running up the middle like that. And now, like, people are out there on Twitter, like, are you sure the QB3 isn't Michael Penix in this class? Which is blowing <laughs> my mind. But I don't just mean that. But uh, yeah, well, he, he look, I, I have to say, this is a very good showing for him. Like, you know, like he was hitting tight window shots. He was hitting, you know, those cover two hole shots. Um, he was showing off some of that mobility. And I've always said that he's a, a great guy in the pocket that he doesn't get enough credit for. I think he finally got some credit for it after this game, the way he was navigating that pocket, moving outside when he needed to um, and avoiding the, the rush. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the entire like power five you know, over the past two years at sack avoidance and dealing with pressure. Like that's one thing I think that is really underrated about becoming a quarterback, the next level guys don't have that ability a lot of the time. And when you can get a guy that has it, at least that's one box you're checking um, the wide receivers really showed out here. I don't know if we have to say much about them. Romo Dunes, they look great. Jalen Polk look great. Um, Jalen, Dylan caught touchdown as well. Um, you know, I, I think the one thing with Penix for me, I still think it's like timing and anticipation that I want to see improve. You know, like there was that one pass where like Odunze broke out, took an outside release and like dusted the guy, just straight dusted him. And if 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 Penix had just hit him on time and anticipated that throw a little better, that's a touchdown. Instead, he holds on to the ball forever, delivers it late. It becomes, thankfully, a pass interference against the defender because Romo Dunes had to come back to the ball. You get one of those situations where you get the pass interference because of it. But if he'd hit him in stride, that was a touchdown. Those are some of the things I want to see him improve. But in general, very, very good game for Penix here. I just – I uh, just uh... – yeah, it, Penix was great. And, and the defensive line, too. I think Texas is one of the best defensive lines in college football. Like, Murphy up the middle, like, he was – like, they were getting pressure on him. So, seeing him avoid it so well. Because it was – they played the pack. Like, they didn't really play yeah. many defenses that tested them. Like, it was supposed to be Oregon supposed to test them. Oregon's defense couldn't really get to him either. It was really maybe, like, Utah, and that was about it. And so, it was really cool seeing them actually be tested and play so well. Romo Dude's hands are automatic. I think his mm-hmm. route running is – Still okay. I don't want to ever call him a route runner, but I still think it's pretty good. Like it's fine. It's, it's okay. Um, but Jalen McMillan still isn't talked about in the draft circles. I feel like he's gonna be such a gem. I really do. He yeah. has to be a Super Bowl invite. Like there's still a few guys that they can fill their rosters out with, and I feel like they're waiting for these two yeah. receivers to go to the senior bowl. But um, that's really it. Yeah, that's it. And then Jalen Johnson, your boy got hurt, but you already talked about it. So yeah, yeah. That's it. We're all done with our bowl we're, seasons. We're all done. Bowl season is done, man. Guys, that wraps it up for us tonight. Uh, Corey, are you um, we're doing the after show, right? You said you were going to do that with me. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can stick around. I got crying kids downstairs, but if you want to do the after show, we'll do the after show. You would rather hang out with me than crying. I kids. would, I would. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank my wife because she's very nice for letting me do this. Dude, yes. yes. <laughs> All right, guys, that wraps it up. Join us for the after show. But if you're not joining us, from Corey and from Mike, good night and good luck. 